0: Hello and welcome to the Friday show It's Lloyd at the wheel today And we're taking a look back As ever at a crazy and Action packed week in Manchester City land But I think it's probably fair to say That this has been a more stressful week Than most, or it has for me anyway Um, Joining me today I've got two of our regulars First up we've got Howard Um, Afternoon Howard, how are you? Yeah, Uh, Yeah, Fine thanks, it's
1: two days to the next match so I'm okay for now I think (laughs) I'm already thinking
0: about it to be honest it's a bit of a bigger break than we've been used to though I mean they've just been safe and fast recently well it's eight
1: days after Sunday so just get over the next
0: hurdle well then we can bring your blood blood pressure down again yeah doctor's absolutely (laughs) and uh joining us from marrakesh we've got the podcast jet set uh leon how are you doing leon
2: i'm good thanks lloyd good to be um good to be on the friday show and uh it stops me taking a uh, a tourism trip to the souk so i'm quite pleased to be uh sat in my room doing this to be honest
0: oh it definitely sounds much better never mind that cultural rubbish
2: I know yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed uh, to be a writer so that doesn't sound very good does it
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> soaking it all up
1: I'll be honest I don't even know what a souk is well that's, that's why it's we've the got the one that's why we've got the one <laughs> is it the market yeah
2: <laughs> it's the market and to be honest with you I said to someone this morning I should have gone but as a child and at school we were always forced to do so many trips by my parents and teachers that I'm actually a bit of a rebel when it comes to tourism trips. So I was like, no, no, no I'm going to do the pod and relax. Yeah, so ap- apologies, Morocco.
1: Hardcore bartering in
0: the, in the market. So. <laughs> I'm sure Morocco won't miss you anyway, so... Oh, thanks, Lloyd. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> um, Cool. So as ever, um, we're going to kick off with an opening question. Um, I think really the only... The only one to look at um, this week is is this, which is Howard. I'm going to come to you first because I know you're slightly more disposed than <laughs> most on this subject. Um, <laughs> fragile, <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> say fragile. Um, how have you found the last few weeks? Not just this week as a city fan. So you know this kind of April logjam that we've had. Is it? Have you found it enjoyable? Because I I saw an interview with um, with Vinny after the game. That it was a very similar question, saying you know, have you enjoyed this period or has it been torturous? Obviously, I think you know you'd expect someone like Company to say you know we've really enjoyed it. But from your perspective as a <laughs> yeah. fan, have you found it really difficult and very stressful or enjoyable? Yeah, it may not surprise you
1: to find out uh, the former, utter torture. Uh, have you enjoyed any it? I anything? know it would be bulk. Yeah, some of the most of the full times apart <laughs> from the Spurs in the Champions League, or oh, both the Champions Leagues to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's all about that final whistle and obviously the goals in the derbies. of yeah, without it life would be boring to be honest. So, I yeah, if City just won the league by 19 points every season, it would be utterly tedious. Uh, but I wouldn't mind just doing it just a couple of times, just to rack up some numbers and maybe I'll be able to cope with it a bit better in the uh in the future. But there's always a reason why, you know, it's so important we win this one. It's like two thousand twelve the reason was obvious. Uh yeah, you know, first title, United, all that sort of things. Would have been unbearable yeah, you know, just unthinkable if we hadn't won against QPR. And then you had the whole Liverpool thing again. Uh you know, it would have been unbearable if they'd won it. And now it, it seems even worse if they win it ahead of us. So there's always a good reason why it just the stakes are right. You know, they seem to be higher than just the fact that you're going for a league. There just seems to be a hit. You know, if we were going against Chelsea right now, I'd be like, well, you know, I'd be very disappointed if we didn't do it. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. But because it's Liverpool, it just seems uh, It's the stress levels have just gone through the roof for me. Uh, no, I can't say I'm, in, I'm enjoy. I enjoyed moments, of course, uh, and it's great when we've won a match and we're nearer to that target and we're nearer to you know down to three now. They're wonderful moments, but as a whole, the de- I mean, Derby Day on Wednesday was just
0: horrific. Would be
1: <laughs> the word I think of. But uh, is, is
0: it, was it was it horrific because it was a derby, or was it and because it was United, or was it horrific because of what was on the game? what was on the game, but
1: yeah, I don't, it, I think you can yeah, ignore Derby Day rules in a way, it was, you know the, the the banter and all that, if they'd won, wouldn't have cared in the slightest because it wasn't really about that it was the fact it was a very difficult game that we had to win that was where the stress came from uh, yeah, if it had been Huddersfield at home, obviously I wouldn't have felt anything like that uh, so yeah, it was the fact that they could have for the second season in a row in a way ruin our you know, title I mean they didn't stop us winning it last year but obviously it would have been amazing to have done it against them uh, and just the facts yeah I know I just, I'm just, i damn sure Liverpool are not dropping any points so it's a must win game in the derby yeah just everything put together it was it was less about the United side of it it was just what was on the line Yeah. fair enough um... what about you before you asked Leander have you enjoyed it at all
0: Uh, I'm more on the a side that generally I kind of revel in derbies and um, you know goading United fans before and usually given how the results have gone after the games recently but I think this was you're right this was a stressful one I think I I, you know I was really sat at work just on on the day of of the Wednesday game just kind of thinking shit no, please, no. Um, but I think a lot of that, to be honest, is is it's not. I don't think much of that is to do with the fact that it was a derby. I think, like you say, it was the fact that the fact there was a difficult game in that United are you know a team that definitely are capable of being as if they if they play well and we don't play well. Um, but it's just more about more about the need to get the points as opposed to being fearful of going to Old Trafford because I think as David Silver said, um, that's not really a problem anymore. Um, But yeah, um, Leon, I'll hit across to you. Are you are you a bit different to Howard in that you kind of there's a part of you that revels in this kind of period of the season where you know this is this is kind of what this is what we support football clubs for, and this is what you know the players play for to get to these moments where yes, the margins are fine, but this is where the opportunity is there to you know make history essentially.
2: Oh, definitely, because my sort of um, most emotive time supporting City were in the mid-90s where, you know, there was nothing to look forward to at the end of the season apart from staying up. Um, So I love these these times. I love a derby. And also I love the resilience of City. And it's been coming for the last few seasons that we may lose a big game in the Champions League or in the league, but they seriously bounce back. And, you know, apart from the first 35 minutes on... um, Wednesday night. No, they were in total control of that game. And that's not the old city that we all, we all used to. We may have been a bit unlucky last week against Tottenham, but it's like it's a new city. And and ultimately, I'm not as nervous or worried j- during those games because they, they they do control the game. So I'm actually enjoying it. Obviously, the fixture pile-up means you can't get to every game because um, I don't usually miss a derby. Uh, but I missed it because I was coming away as well. But no, no, I, I love it. And I think, you know, we were amazing last season and we strolled it in the end. But I do think this is far more exciting. And I'm really enjoying, apart from on Twitter, uh, the, this new rivalry between City and Liverpool. Because rivalries aren't as fierce anymore, particularly with United struggling. But I'm really enjoying, like, this rivalry as well. Really? <laughs> Well, yeah, because I think, you know, rivalries are the best thing and we've got United as a rival and uh, and now, you know, Liverpool haven't won anything but, you know, they think they're champions elect but I- I'm enjoying it. I mean, as I say, apart from Twitter because on Twitter you don't know who yeah. you're dealing with. You could True. be dealing with some millennial sat in their bedroom collecting football stickers still. You know, yeah. if it was all arguing with 40-year-olds or people who know no... Liverpool's history and No Man City's history then I would happily get into a discussion but it's so irrelevant and the opinions are so ridiculous on there that actually that's the only frustrating part but no of course I mean I love it I love I, any rivalry is great for me and uh and also I think I know we're going to win the league so it, there's a <laughs> positive there's a positive ending Oh, God. How, how did, <laughs> Sorry to say how, that. Did before, <laughs> yeah, how did you feel before
0: before the game, Leon? Because I'm just looking back at our text and you said, yo, worried about tonight.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I was because basically because of the 4-0 defeat on Sunday and because of last season when I was high-fiving people in this bar in Dublin at half-time when we were 2-0 up. I was I was nervous, if I'm honest. And uh, the way Vinny was spraying the pool around and... And even bernardo was giving it away the first 20 25 i I was really nervous but like i say i'm not i'm always a bit positive when it comes to city because of the the dark years but I, i really wasn't that bothered and like i think i heard you say on the podcast on wednesday or someone say that once we got to nil nil at half time i was really confident and actually the bookings uh for Vinny and zinchenko I I was worried about I thought he might haul Vinny off at half time Mm. but actually there was no point in that game in the second half where I was worried but of course we're going to be nervous but I do I'm never particularly uh, worried for City apart from in the Champions League against British sides (laughs) yeah well that's for next season eh
0: yeah exactly Um, Okay. well moving on but on a similar subject um, Howard I'm going to come to you now that we've Obviously, it's been another crazy week, but it's been a week to respond after, you know, what was a disastrous and very kind of disheartening uh, moment against Spurs. So, looking back at the the league game against Spurs and United now, you know we've had another day since just to kind of sit on the United result. How how do we view these two performances? Kind of in light of what happened um, the week before? Yeah, I think. I think the United performances
1: the bigger of the two uh, levels of performance. Neither were perfect, let's be honest. The you know they shredded the nerves to the limit for me. Uh, but as you say, coming off that off that elimination from the Champions League, I'm not sure what else we could have expected. Uh, you know, in this this crazy old, you know, April fixture list as well and the schedule, uh, and we've lost a couple of players. We weren't going to get perfect performances so they're huge yeah, massive in fact uh massive results and there's a but you know at this stage of season there's a there's only so much analysis you can really do of performance levels we really are you know to use the cliche it's it's all about results now uh obviously the better you play the more chance you've got of getting them but city are doing enough and uh, they've got belief a lot of mental strength on the Spurs game and the United game, because you know that first twenty minutes was nerve wracking for me, and as Leon said, I really feared that you we. Know, this it just felt as long as once Simeonko was booked as well, that we we're. Oh, this is how we'll be undone. Uh, we'll have a player sent off. You know the referee will, he'll decide this season for us. Uh, but they came through that and took control and just you know had United at arm's length basically by the end of of the match. Uh, just yeah, they were not perfect performances, but plenty of players stood up to be counted over those two games, and now they've got to do it again. It's like you know, it's just like they're huge, but the next two are just as you know, very troublesome, just as troublesome perhaps. So they just have to keep going. Like there's just no rest really. Uh, but I do think they were big performances, or big. And the results were huge. You know, I mean, if you're a Liverpool fan, you're thinking. Drop one drop points in one of these two games, surely, that's what we're we're hoping for. Uh, but this season is crazy, no one's lost points since March the first. You know, it might be the least drop points where you you least expect
0: it, so they have to keep going and believing in themselves. Leon, howard Howard said that he thinks that the better performance was against United. Um which you know, I I'd agree with. But in terms of the actual result, which would you say was a bigger result
2: well I mean I think three days after the heartbreak of Wednesday I felt the Tottenham win was huge and uh, and again showed the resilience of the side but still away at Old Trafford I I do think that was still the bigger result Um, because like I said earlier after them coming back from that 4-0 defeat uh, you know I think it was huge win for us but 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 I mean one thing I was going to say actually to add was that a bit like Tottenham without Kane uh, I think without De Bruyne who is probably my second favourite player for City ever I do feel that other players step up so actually that team that was put out on Wednesday night uh, against United I felt more confident because I think you know the way Sterling obviously his confidence is huge now but the way he kind of takes players on and drifts across the pitch I mean they stand up when, when the big players out I mean they're all kind of big players now Yeah, I saw we had six in the PFA team of the year after having none for years he had six but I do feel that I don't think it's going to handicap us too much losing De Bruyne now I might get abused for that on Twitter but I really felt we kind of the players stood up uh, during that time
0: well, I'd, I'd, I would much rather have him than not, but I know what you mean. Um, I, I was really worried when De Bruyne went down. To be honest, I thought he would have mm. been. I thought he was going to be the key player in particularly the United game. Um, but thankfully, I think you're right. I, I think in in Kev's absence this season, for me, the big player that stepped up, I, I would say, to kind of take that mantle has been Bernardo um, in terms of kind of drivers forward in terms of his running but also just generally um, across the pitch and obviously you know I think David Silva chose a very good time to to put in one of his many excellent performances at Old Trafford after I think what you know everyone can acknowledge has been a difficult spell for him um, but yeah Howard just on that like would you agree in terms of um, Bernardo being the one that stepped up, or do you think actually in De Bruyne's absence it's, we've seen it more from from Sterling or Aguero or somebody else?
1: No, no, I mean, Bernardo's stepped up for a while now, so he's the one that, yeah, is just on it all the time. You know, okay, El Trafford, he didn't, he had probably his worst half of football in maybe all season. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, but, you know, again, didn't didn't stop him. he just didn't ruin him. his confidence there, just kept going he's he's just, every, you know, he's about three players rolled into one really so but he's not the only one stepping up for me, you know, there's plenty I, can, I think you can see it, you know, the way Aguero was fired up in the second half and Fernandinho didn't even want to come off, even though he was injured I think there's plenty of players that are, you know, are prepared, and Gundogan who was absolutely you know, shattered by the end, and hopefully, it's just shattered and not injured. Uh, I guess we'll learn more from imminent press conference. I think a lot of players have stepped up, to be honest, but Bernardo is the one that you just know he covers more ground uh, and he, you know, he's produced a, a turning, possibly a huge moment in our season with that first goal. Definitely.
2: Just to add, there, just to add, sorry, Lloyd, do you think it's a coincidence, though, that David Silva delivered? Without De Bruyne there, because he felt the responsibility on his shoulders.
0: I think there's something in that, definitely. I think he, I think he knew um, going into that game. I mean, De Bruyne's De Bruyne's record in recent years at Old Trafford has been very good. I mean, he scored that fantastic goal where he sent to here the wrong way, but he's also just been, I would say, our key player. But so I, yeah, I, I do think the fact he wasn't there, I definitely think that was a factor because. I'd say David Silva has been way below his level for comfortably ten, twelve games. Um, and I think I think there's been you know very justified calls for. Whilst I, I don't think that has previously in terms of you know very early doors this season, but I think more recently when when Foden's played, sometimes I think he's looked better. So actually, yeah, I do think the fact that he wasn't there, he thought you know what actually I'm I'm one of the the big senior players in this team and. If I'm not going to step up, then then who is? Yeah, very true. Indeed, um, Leon, I'm just going to come to you quickly because I know you're a massive Gundogan fan. Um, I thought he was fantastic in the second half when he moved back to that number six role. Um, do you think there's an element that actually we have our Fernandinho replacement here, and we might be allowing him to <coughs> allowing him to leave?
2: I, I, as you know, I, and as you just said, I do love Gundogan. I, and I think he d- really did run the show uh, in the second half. I don't. I still think we need someone like Fandinho who gets really stuck in and makes tackles everywhere, fills in in defence, uh, drives forward. I, I don't think Gundogan... He offers something different, but I can't see him going in for crunching tackles and really sort of pushing the boundaries of... Uh, fouling so to speak with the referee yeah, right. so I think <laughs> yes yeah basically so I think I think Gundogan can definitely run the game and, and be that kind of quarterback uh, for the side but I still think we need a kind of Kante type replacement for Fernandinho even though Kante's not playing in that role anymore but I think we need somebody of similar ilk but having said that I would still I'd love to keep Gundogan and I'd, and I'd love for him to to play in the games where it's perhaps not so nasty.
0: Well, do you do you so, think there's a do you think there's a chance given what's happened in the last two weeks now um, that, that that he might stay, that he might sign that contract? Because I, I I think I said this with Asan on a podcast a couple of weeks ago that that reaction of his after the Spurs Champions League game that seemed quite. Um, seemed quite, I don't know, quite seminal for me he, obviously all the players were gutted but he was kind of bordering on inconsolable on the pitch and that said to me, a guy that thought you know, I think Aysan did say this shit, that might be my best and last opportunity potentially to win the Champions League do you think there's a chance that he might have changed his mind given what's happened or or do you think he's probably just sticking to his guns and he knows he's got somewhere where he can go and be like the absolute number one
2: yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's all it comes down to. I think he wants to be seen as the, as the number one and the starter in a side. So if Pep gives him some guarantees that he will be taking that Fernandinho spot uh, more often than not and then also filling in further up the pitch and gives him assurances, then I'm sure he'll stay. But I can't see Pep doing that because that's not really his way to give assurances to players. You fit into his way in the system, or you don't. And if you talk about leaving, you're gone. So I don't know. I don't. He's one of those characters. I talk about characters a lot and and tea, uh, dressing room kind of uh, confidence. I, I can't quite suss Gundogan's character. He seems decent enough, but he's not one of the players that you hear much about, or you see him interviewed much, so I can't really judge it on that, to be honest with you, so I don't know the inside track, you're the one who keeps saying when we meet up that he's going, so uh, I'm really not sure
1: The the weird thing about it is, even if Pep did say, look you can be Fernandinho's replacement we'll play you every week Uh, as you say, he wouldn't really say that because you can't make promises to players I'm not sure that would make him stay because he still seems to think he's he wants to play, I think, further up the field, and
0: yet I enjoy his performances more when he's covering for Fernandini. Yeah, it's a, it's so, a it's a strange one, that isn't it? Because I think I think his, yeah. most of his best football has come at six when he is able to dictate the game, but also it's almost a better position to play. Um, what I think is actually potentially his best attribute and something that I've not really seen other players be capable of, which is that perfectly timed lofted ball um, through to someone running on like a Sterling or Sane or Aguero I think he's absolutely world class at that and I think he gets to demonstrate that better from a little bit deeper and I think mean, we've seen it a lot in recent weeks but as you say I think he did an Instagram kind of Q&A a couple of weeks ago and said he sees himself as a number 8 so there, there is a bit of a weird kind of um, contradiction there
1: Yeah, I'm not sure we'd I just still, you know, with David Silver fading, uh, but, and, you know, I don't know who will buy in the summer. What we'll, won't we'll buy an eight in the summer. I'm still not sure he'd be a regular in that position. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he wants, if his demands are that he always plays or that he plays in a certain position, uh, because I'm not sure he'll be full, you know, he'll have his expectations fulfilled
0: in if he wants to play as a number eight every week yeah well I well, we'll have to see and I think it will either way it's going to come to a head over the next um the next few weeks and I think for instance his yeah. react we've only got one home game left now and I imagine you know his reaction um to the fans at the stadium after that game will probably be quite telling so we'll wait for that um okay right we're going to move on slightly to do one of our I suppose favorite but also least favorite subjects which is talking about united um and maybe engaging in a bit of uh, red bashing in the <laughs> in in the in the true in the <laughs> true fun, spirit though. of uh, of Roy Keane and his and his <laughs> his fantastic um I don't know how to describe it, really? But he just absolutely destroyed uh, Gary Neville. I thought raid. much needed. Um, but yeah, Howard, on United? Um, what what? Where are they? I mean, is is it exactly what you were saying with um, with Aiden the other day? Which is just now they are just completely irrelevant, and this circular conversation that seems to come around every time I mean it seems to have come around quicker with, with Solskjaer than it did with Mourinho but we're just sat here again discussing the same old narratives and you know Neville etc saying uh, you know they're, they're 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 complete bluffers I think it was Keane that said that though and that uh, you know needs another clear out every three years I mean how how far off City are they now? Yeah light years I mean it's it's
1: very easy just to make judgments in the heat, you know, from what in one specific moment in time. So two months ago, they were, you know, obviously, they were back as a force. He was energising the DNA, the club, the spirit was there. Going back to old methods, it was all working. Now, the bunch of uh, you know overpaid mercenaries and pub footballers again, and the truth probably somewhere in between. I think the key is, they're just a terribly run club, and it's been pretty bad, you know, they were a very well-run club and they made the perfect managerial appointment just as the Sky Premier money came in and that was brilliant timing for them to dominate for a long time. But, now they're picking a very bad side to be a badly-run club because of City and Liverpool getting, you know, being run so much better and making right appointments and doing the right players. So, they are drifting. I think... A club won this badly 20 years ago and United wouldn't have been too big to have been flirting with relegation but because they're such a cash cow they can be running competently and stumble from one bad appointment to another and still be around 6th well 6th is their position let's be honest they could just be 6th all the time and they still might finish in the top 4 this season that just says it all uh, and yet yeah, you know, just look at the point gap. I'm not sure that every season City is going to get 95 to 100 points, but the Cas yeah, it's 25 points at the moment. It was 19 last season. I think that's a fair reflection on the gulf between these two clubs. And Solskjaer was just another poor decision made in a rush on the back of sentiment and a few good results. they not. He did. He did take team. the players it, to the cliff, though. Let's be fair. Yeah, let's be honest, yeah. Indeed. Did he get the class of ninety two in for an inspirational chat? Or they're all too busy at the moment getting into all sorts of bother to to do things like that. Uh, I, I I think they are a long way away. And I literally's like, you know, I like, Oh, I hope they finish outside the top four. But you know what? They're not irrelevant depends on how you define irrelevance, but if if you're talking about a title threat to city, yes they are irrelevance. And I just don't see how next season they suddenly turn this around. Liverpool were twenty five points behind City last season. But you could see, you know, when the season started, I could see quite clearly they were going to be rivals over the summer as well. United, I just can't see who they buy that suddenly turns them into title contenders. Uh the just the club you know, the, the ground itself, the Glazers aren't interested, it was an easy appointment for them. Uh cheap. The ground itself—you saw the, you know, the roof was falling apart. It's, the ground's not been updated in 20 years. It's dated. It's archaic. Everything's behind the times. There, everything they do—they don't buy players according to a system or, a, you know, a, a philosophy. They just buy players they can get. You know, if they think, oh, he's a big name. We can get him. They do it. There's so much needs to change. The whole mentality, the way they. And even if they do that, that's still going to take a few years to come to fruition. So, yeah, the years away, I think. And they could spend two hundred million pounds, but you know, over a nine-month league campaign, I it just they'd have to, you know, have to be some staggering improvements around that playing squad.
0: Um, Leon, just to change it up slightly, in a I think there's a, there's an interesting thing to look at with United which is some of their recent transfers. Um in a, in a parallel universe, you know, Fred and Sanchez would both be playing for City right now. Do you think do you think they'd have been as bad if they were at City or do you think it would be a completely different story or or somewhere in between? Where where do you kind of stand on that?
2: Probably somewhere in between because obviously Sanchez was a fantastic player at Arsenal. He was I know he had the odd off game, but he was pretty consistent. He scored hatfuls of goals, so he just hasn't settled. And and under Pep and the setup at City, I'm sure he would have fitted right in. He might have caused some problems in the dressing room, maybe especially on those wages. But obviously City wouldn't have took him at those wages, and we didn't. But I, I think it had been somewhere in between. I think he might have took a while to settle, leaving London and coming up to Manchester. But I think that we have a system, and you have to fit into the system. Whereas United, there is no system. Uh, there is no strong manager. I mean, Alan pardew did it uh, with Solskjaer. He made a career out of winning eight games and getting a job. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was a shocking appointment. And even to bring... And I know I'm moving away. Sorry, boy. I had all my answers ready for the last question. No, no, no. But no, I mean, was it, it was a shocking appointment. And also Michael Carrick, again, you'd have him as involved in the, in, the, in the staff, but you wouldn't have him as assistant or assistant coach. You've got two guys with very little experience running one of the biggest clubs in the world, and ironically, Sheikh Mansour copied the United model uh, when he, you know, he set up all the systems at City. It was a success of 25 years of Fergie, and now they're in complete disarray. Um, but as far as Sanchez um, coming to City, he, he, he definitely would have been better. And what, who was the other player you mentioned? Sorry, I've just been yapping on.
0: Well, Fred, because I think.
2: Fred, it, it looked like right Fred there. was
0: one of our well potentially our first choice for a while anyway I think he, he did die off and Jorginho became our number one but I think it is interesting to we've, we've really weirdly dodged two huge bullets there I feel yeah
2: but, yeah, but we've been Fred past
0: c- as well sorry we've done it where you know
1: Kaka and John Terry and Wayne Rooney yeah. all before they went on the way you know, all before they started declining just before yeah. they started declining we tried to sign them all Uh and I think we're better off for it, to be honest. Yeah, we did take Foster. David
2: Seaman and McManaman, Robbie Fowler. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. There's a hundred other players that. that David's a <laughs> good mate of. Mine. I shouldn't say that, slagging him off. Find your toes. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I still think Fred would have been decent enough for us. So I know it looks like we've dodged a bullet, but I do think that we have the system. And what player have we bought under Pep in the last two seasons? Who hasn't, or Mares possibly, but but generally, do you understand what I mean? Is that they're they're all decent enough footballers. Sanchez is proven. Fred was proven to an extent. I'm sure under the coaching and guidance of Pep, that they would have been decent enough. Yeah, I mean, the,
1: all those players that United got were playing well when they signed them for their mm. previous club. You don't sign them otherwise. So. I don't think we should get too carried away. That you know, were a bunch of terrible football. There's something wor- insidious there. Something worse. They're clearly not performing to the full levels. If you could get them performing to the full levels, it, they're not quite the terrible team that they're being painted at the moment. Uh, I think they've just got a manager who doesn't
0: really know how to inspire them. Howard, if you if taking your blue tinted specs off, which I'm sure you wear at all times. Yeah. Um, them how off. how bad do you think things now are because that's seven I think that's seven losses in nine uh, I think the, the the numerous records rolled out about worse since 1962 um, I think they've conceded 50 goals in the league this season now um, how bad do you think things are with Solskjaer do you think actually they they should they should give him the chance to refresh the team next season get rid of some key players or do you think things are that bad that they should say you know what we fucked up we're going to rip the contract up. Sorry, Oli, thank you very much, and we're going to get somebody else. I don't think they can do that. <laughs> Just after...
1: I mean, but Is, is that some is some that game. the right thing
0: to do? Oh, do you mean if you were utterly a ruthless owner? No, In your opinion, I'm saying, do you think that's, that would be the right thing to do, given what you've seen from Solskjaer? Oh,
1: if I was the owner of United and I was utterly ruthless and I thought I must do exactly take this right step to make this team the best in Europe again, then I would sack Solskjaer in the summer, yeah. But I cannot, it's inconceivable that the owners would do that to me, in reality, just after appointing him. Uh, I mean, there's been some, some tough, obviously they played Barcelona twice, uh, and it, you know it's not been the easiest run. Uh, he came in with some easy games, and that's, you know, that's, in a way, it looked good at the time. It gave him time to come in and get his, his feet under the desk, so to speak, in the office with some winnable games. But unfortunately, it probably painted a false picture and got people too carried away. Uh, the regress to the mean, and now you just at the point where you just can't... I don't know. There's good players there. It's got to come from the manager. I know there's they go on about director football, blah, 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 but there's still, you should be able to put those, those players out and inspire them. I know Roy Keane said players should not need the manager to fire them up for a match and I see his point but we've seen history tells us exactly the opposite that managers do exactly that and bad managers do the opposite and I'll be honest I when he was made permanent I really held back I was cowardly on the on the podcast because he'd already proven me wrong once I thought it was hilarious when he was made caretaker manager Uh, and he you know he got some results and I was a bit too cagey when it was talked about him being permanent manager my real thought was that come the next start of next season without the nostalgia and all that he'd be uh, a very average manager Uh, it's actually just happened a lot earlier than I expected I just can't see him turning this around with any budget with any support, he's just not a world-class manager. I mean, as people said before, the derby, a meeting of minds: Pep Guardiola versus Solskjaer. I don't know enough about him, his tactical knowledge, but look at that team next to him.
0: Come on, they're not going to take United back to the top of the European tree, are they? No, I don't think so. Um, Leon, what about for you? If, if, do you think, from what you've seen of Solskjaer now, which has been, you know... Not very long, but I think probably long enough to have some sort of a judgment. Would you, would you actually say, you know what, scrap this? Sorry, mate, and wave him on, or would you actually? Do you think that he's shown enough that he deserves um, the chance next season to to have a go?
2: No, I mean, as a City fan, he can stay as long as he likes. But the truth is, he has to. He, he has to go for United to move forward. I mean, a, a club with the history and the size of Man United do not. Take a manager on who was sacked by Cardiff three was it three seasons ago, uh, and then take on a former player who's just retired as the first team coach. Um, it's ridiculous, and basically, you no know, you should put it down as a as a poor decision. I mean, paying Mourinho off and him on twenty two million a year—they've been full of bad decisions. But uh, no, he has to go. Uh, I don't know who they bring in to replace him, uh, but. He ne- they need someone with European experience someone who's got an affiliation with Manchester United I suppose and, and the do you, history do you of that, think do you think they need that well it's not going to be Solskjaer I mean they need something because I, I must after say Eric I've always, Cantona, I've always after that. Eric Cantona's Instagram post go on sorry I've always,
0: I've, I've always thought this whole needs to understand the club ethos needs to be woven into the fabric of the club I, I've always thought that that is absolute bollocks, personally, and I don't think Guardiola particularly yeah. really gets City in terms of like what we are as fans and the fan base. I, I think he does to an extent, but I think yeah. some of his comments about kind of attendances and that kind of thing shows that he doesn't really fully get it. But I think what you need, I think what so- you need more than anything, is to be a top manager. I think if you're a top manager, none of that stuff matters. I, I don't think Pochettino had any idea what the ethos was of being a Spurs supporter or be, being at being Spurs I think he's probably learned. but he's just fundamentally a very good manager an elite manager I think that's for me more than anything that's what United need
2: No and I do agree with that but they went for that with Mourinho didn't they and obviously we all know Mourinho's uh, can cause a lot of problems in his three season kind of uh, management style but um, I just think Manchester United I just remember in the early '90s when I was going to a lot. I lived in Manchester, and a friend of mine's dad was a coach there. They did have this special spirit. And I know, as a City fan, it kind of infuriates people. And what you're saying there, Lloyd, is it great managers like Pep Guardiola it doesn't matter about the club itself because they come in and do a job. But Pep is a one-off. If you could name three managers mm. that could come and do that job, regardless of the Man United ethos, then. Um, then I'd be interested to hear who they who they were. I, th- I, think, all I think I'm there, saying...
0: I think there are a few out there. I think they could have, they could have made a better play for Pochettino. I think Allegri's been at Juve for four years. He's pretty much won everything. He's got them to a few, couple of finals, semi-finals. I, I'd be looking at someone like that. I think Allegri's a top manager. I don't see why United shouldn't back themselves to attract someone like that.
2: Simeone, maybe.
0: Potentially, although I don't think he speaks English. Whereas I think Allegri nice. does. Um, but no, I think there are options out there. I just think... I think the funny thing with United is um, after the Mourinho sacking, they came out and said, we're going to do a root and branch kind of um, almost like get the management consultants in. We're going to sit down and you know think about... do like a full kind of DD of all the different candidates and do you know structured interviews and we're going to look into the director of football and we're going to ultimately do everything to get the... The best man and they just haven't done that because they've acted once again on short term sentiment and it sounds like they're gonna appoint Mike Phelan as the director of football from what um which you know. Has he done it before? Did he do it in Australia or something? I think he yeah, he might have done it for one of the Aussie A League teams, which is obviously great experience to be the the Man United st- director I mean, of football.
1: It's crazy, but, you should be looking at like I don't know, just to say Obviously, people, you know, you do your research, people know more about this. You know, like Dortmunds or someone, you take one of Europe's best ones, still, you know, they might might not get them, but they're still United, it's still a name. You still sell the club to someone. And to do that, it's just like, it's all you know, it's, it's just staggering to be honest. Well,
2: the, the I'm almost beginning now, to
1: feel been? sorry for them if this do make an appointment like that. I mean, that's just ridiculous.
2: Well, but it's classic firefighting sorry Lloyd it's classic firefighting like American foreign policy they literally just don't know what they're doing and they're just trying to get a short term fix and, and just lost all their talk about ethos all their tradition when it comes to wage structure um, youth players management and it's been run by mercenaries ever since Moyes was shown the door um, and even the defence I mean Ashley Young is club captain or captain certainly on the pitch and you know, he's a winger in his thirties. Uh, Phil Jones, Chris Smalling. Both of whom I mean just got I don't understand. Yeah, I just I I don't understand why they are running the club like that. Because they have got they have got a structure there, so I just don't know
0: Well
2: Moise is still wrong. under
0: contract. So. He's got what? he's got one more so, year as Davy.
2: So um like maybe they should get him to him. yeah
0: After, oh no I think it might end this year. I don't know he's still under contract now so
1: give it to him to the end of the
0: season they
2: can't give it to Giggsy now can they so <laughs> no
0: alright well I mean yeah, it, it, I think let's God. let's move on from United um, we're going to talk about them in a slightly different respect just because we as we always do on the Friday show look at another game uh, just because am conscious of time and I think probably the big game obviously this weekend is um, Huddersfield Liverpool no it's not that is an absolute <laughs> dead sir. No, it's um United Chelsea and um I personally I'd go as far to say I think Spurs have pretty much already nailed third place. I can't see them letting that go. I think it's a three horse race between Chelsea, Arsenal and United, who currently sit. They're now level on on um games played. Chelsea is sat on sixty-seven, Arsenal on sixty-six, and United are uh, languishing down in sixth place on 64 um, Howard just on the game kind of as a spectacle what what, what are you expecting do you think Chelsea are going to come out and kind of assert their dominance and Hazard's going to turn up or do you can you just see it actually being quite cagey um, yeah. what, what do you see because it's quite, <laughs> it's quite it's a big wrong. game I suppose it is yeah
1: uh, cagey is my guess but literally, this is one of those games where anything could happen. I think Chelsea have only won three in seven. Uh, Sorry, as unpopular as ever, you've seen. Sh- I've seen little shoots, you know, of recovery, but then they go and do something stupid. You know, this is a game for Hazard to dominate, but does he always do that in the big games? I'm like, yeah, you know, he's a magnificent player, but I can't tell you for certain that he's going to have a great game on Sunday Solskjaer's running scared you know what's he going to pick what sort of team is he going to go for it is he going to have the the to go for it with an attacking side or is he going to pick something similar to City's game I think he'll be quite attacking Solskjaer and I think Chelsea will be quite reticent you know quite cautious at first to see how the game pans out uh, there were way yeah, you know, form is not good. It's it's literally toss a coyness It's just a. It's two teams just low on confidence with trouble. You we know, great. There's still plenty of good players on that pitch, but no real ethos, no form. Anything could happen. A very nervous affair is how I would call it. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw, to be honest.
0: Leon, what about for you? What do what do you expect?
2: Yeah, I mean, I expect a draw, like Howard just said. But again, it depends on who turns up because, as we've seen the last few weeks, now there's a a possible move to Madrid. Um, Hazard suddenly back at peak form, and then obviously Pogba wasn't great against us the other night. But you know, he's earmarked for a move to Real Madrid as well. So we might see an amazing Pogba because there's no doubt he's a great player, but he's just not. not doing it. Um, so it could be a bit of a battle between those two. Uh, but I think it'll be a draw. But it's quite weird that you now think United-Chelsea is quite a relevant game. I was just thinking that. Obviously, it was one of the biggest games, wasn't it? Uh, for a good 10 years. And now it's like a fight for fourth. Um, and, and, and talking about Sarri as well, it's on the on the, uh, the agenda. I've got a lot of Chelsea mates because that's where I lived the last 15 years. And... It sort of went under the radar, but it was actually a terrible appointment. He'd had a good run um, in his last couple of seasons, but he'd won nothing. And if you look at where he's been, it was like appointing um, someone from the lower divisions in, in um, over here. It was a really strange appointment because um, he had this kind of Bobby Robson respected in the game Um, kind of mentality David Pleat there are a few of them but he actually hadn't won anything so I was quite amazed that he went there and all the Chelsea fans think the same so I'm sure he'll be out as well uh, at the end of the season and in fact if the board are brave if I was a a John Harvey Jones I'd be saying um, get rid of Solskjaer and get rid of Sarri and and find some decent trophy winning managers who, who can win Win something for two huge clubs.
0: I'm, I'm personally quite a big fan of Surrey. I think he's just not had the necessary tools for what he's needed personally at Chelsea. Um,
2: but, but he'll never get those though, Lloyd, with that owner there. But the, 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 the lady, not, not Roman, the woman who runs the club, Marina, he won't get. Swear. Exactly. He won't, no manager will get quite what they want because she's the boss and it's run like a business. And until she goes, and then Roman decides what he's doing, no manager, unless they're really, really strong, uh, will get what they want because it's literally a business now. Well,
0: on on that subject, then, given the context we which we've discussed with United and also what we've just touched on with with Chelsea, um, who do you think would be more damaging for to miss out on the top four, Leon?
2: You know? Um for, for the, for the business that is Chelsea PLC, I'd say it was more damaging for Chelsea because to be honest with you, if United stuttered into fourth then they're not ready to take on a Champions League uh, campaign next season they need to rebuild and you know, let's be honest we're not, we don't like United I actually dislike Liverpool more these days but it's still great to have City and United fighting it out for me I would have probably disagree massively because it's a bit of stress, <laughs> stress leveled up. But, you, but I think you understand what I'm saying there. We're we're the bigger yeah. club now, we're the better club. But, you know, I don't want to see United go down. I love being better than them and then being, you know, a, a good a, still a good side. But I but think it. I think Chelsea will be more damaged because they'll lose Hazard for sure. Um Players like William. Well, and I think uh, Hudson
0: Adori has just ruptured ruptured his Achilles, and actually, I yeah. don't think enough has been made of that. That I think that is probably the worst injury you can suffer, and there are plenty of footballers that haven't haven't come back from that. I know medical science is a lot better, but I think Tragic, a, a that, yeah. recent example. I mean, Ben yeah. Ben Teke did it, um, and he has not been the same player since. Since you can literally look at his record. Um, pre and post Achilles rupture, and it's like night and day. I mean, he's you know he scored his first goal, I think, in about a year and a half the other day at Arsenal. So that can be yeah. a horrible injury to suffer. That eighteen is not good because I think Hudson odoi if big, if they managed to keep him, would have been huge for them. If given that Hazard's clearly off, um, but ha-
1: I mean, a lot. De- sorry, a lot depends if they get a transfer ban as well. Yeah, if the if they do get a transfer ban Chelsea then well it's looking likely and it could be for this window as well does it matter does it matter as much where they finish then you know they're still yeah I think that a- if they want to win something they've got a better chance going in
0: into Europa well, League Howard yeah. would, you, would you maybe would even you City have as well then that it would be <laughs> that it would be more damaging to Chelsea or do you actually think it would be more damaging to United er uh,
1: I think
0: the. Chelsea
1: in a way, yeah. With the transfer ban as well, I think they've got a big problem. I Swiss Ramble did a thing, you know, about Champions League revenue on on Twitter. And I think because of the coefficients, United are still fifth in that. So they're still getting, you know, they're still the money will still come in. And then you, you say to yourself, yeah, but if they're not in the Champions League, they can't become challengers again because they can't get the players. But, you know, in a stupid way, it might be better for United to go for players that. You know the young up-and-coming players that finishing outside the Champions League won't be a deal breaker, rather than going for all the big names. So I do think—I mean, it'd be damaging to both. But I think for Chelsea, yeah, it could be worse. Give me.
2: But also, to be honest with you, my, sorry, my favourite City song, "Oh What a Night," will be back because City you know to be playing on a Thursday. <laughs> I do I,
0: I think that is a good one, but I think Empty Seats is now my favourite song.
2: No, yeah. no empty seats is great, but I just did love that oh what a night because um yeah. so yeah Chelsea to to get in the Champions League and uh United to get back where they belong.
0: Gimme give, give me a quick score prediction Leon then. What do you think? United Chelsea or Trafford
2: I'll go for one all but I hope it's 3-1 to Chelsea
0: Howard yeah i a bit boring I'm afraid one all as well I can see Lloyd I, I, th- I think Chelsea will win I think the pressure's yeah. really going to pile on on Solskjaer and yeah I think if they if they manage to win that then they're not home and dry but um, given the fact that Arsenal have been an absolute shambles away from home and continue to be I would imagine that should put them kind of one hand on fourth spot for me yeah um, okay right let's move on to I suppose what we're principally here to talk about which is the Burnley game at the weekend now I've just seen on Twitter that Ben Mead's done an exclusive interview with John Cross saying that they're going to ruin our title party um, and I've also just seen um, and I'm sure by the time people listen to this that this will be Wider knowledge, but it sounds like Fernandinho might be involved tomorrow. Apparently, he's gonna. There's gonna. They're gonna do a last-minute check on him, which is, which I think is good news. Um, it's good news that he's not out for the season. Yeah, if that's well, I hope hope that tells us that at the very least he's out for one game. Yeah, at the very most. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, would, I I can't remember who said it on the actual on the podcast um, earlier in the week, but do you? How difficult is this game in the context of the five games that we've had in this kind of this running since Liverpool got past all their difficult games? Where 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 are you yeah, ranking this? It's right
1: near the top, I think. I think. The next two are, yeah.
0: Is this a more, is this more difficult game than Leicester?
1: I think it's about the same. But they're all far from gimmies. Yeah, you know, the odds might say that they're gimmies, but none I'd say all four were halfway through. I mean, obviously Brighton will have its own challenges if they got something to fight for and if we need to win the pressure of the last day. But Spurs United, Burnley, Leicester all completely different teams and games that all difficult. Uh, so yeah, I don't think there's much difference between all four to be honest. I really don't I mean Spurs you know Leicester are playing well at the moment we'll see how they do this weekend uh, Burnley I watched them at Chelsea and you know they'll just they'll spoil the obviously huge threat at set pieces they use every trick in the book we've struggled there before it's a very tough game
2: Leon, yeah, what, what uh, come on let's what, be posi- I'll, be, I'll be far more positive I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen we'll beat ben Burnley no problem they're, they're safe Nothing to play. They're pretty much safe. They're safe, aren't they? Yeah, they are safe. Yeah, essentially. No, nothing to play for, uh, and we'll win that easily. Leicester. I mean, I know they've got the greatest, best-looking manager in the world, but um, <laughs> we'll beat that little fraud and his merry bunch of men. And the one game I am worried about because it will all come down to it on the very last day, and Brighton may well be playing for, you know, for safety. And that's the only game I'm sort of worried about. Um, so, yeah, I think Brighton's the game. I'm not worried about the next two, <laughs> he says. Well, why... Okay, but you've you got to be positive. On that,
0: on that, tell me why you're not worried about Burnley specifically then.
2: Because we've just beaten Tottenham after losing to the Champions League, although we didn't lose to them, we beat them. Uh, massive pressure game at 12 o'clock. We, we, we always play poorly at that lunchtime kickoff, And we got through that we got through an away derby game when the pressure was really on and I'm just not concerned about Burnley who ultimately are an average size so no I mean the old of course five years ago ten years ago I would be worried but I'm not concerned that we're not going to win by two or three goals on Sunday
0: huh. Lloyd what do you think? I think it could be difficult personally I think I think they've got they've got nothing to lose yes they're they're safe but I think you know they were pretty much safe against Chelsea and they I watched that game as well they played they played really well I mean they played really well in how Burnley play but I thought in in terms yeah. of what they do they played they played really well they're such a threat from set pieces they're very resolute defensively I think as as Pep said, Dwight McNeil, it looks a really good player, and I think it was really interesting what Joe Hart said actually before the game um, in the derby, which was that they view Dwight McNeil in that dressing room as their biggest and best player, even though he's 19, yeah. and they've put that upon him. Um, I, I, I think we'll win, but I, I, I don't think I don't think we're going to batter them. Um, I can't see a five nil that we've had earlier in the season and. I think, to be honest, our record at Turf Moor kind of speaks a little bit to that. I mean, like you know, you only have to think about last year in that game, where Raheem missed that absolute sitter, and then yeah. Goodmanson, and then Burnley came back, didn't they? So, um, I yeah, I think I think it could be difficult personally. I don't think it'll be. I personally don't think it'll be as easy as as Leon says.
2: But you will think I mean, we'll we've win?
1: Put, we've put five past them twice this season, haven't we? But obviously, going to
0: their place is totally different
2: but Lloyd you situation. said but Lloyd you said you think we'll win so
0: I think we'll win but I wouldn't dismiss it in the same way as you in saying I'm no,
2: not no, about I'm right. just trying to be positive <laughs> <laughs> it's no, PMA we're all, yeah, we're all it's PMA. positive I mean,
0: we're all positive on this podcast yeah, apart mean, from Howard so. it yeah.
2: is listen I'm not saying it's going to be easy but I think if you're more positive about beating United away on a Wednesday evening than you are about playing Burnley at two o'clock on Sunday. Then you got to sort of perhaps have a word and, and think it's it's a it's a done deal as as will Leicester blessed to be. I'm, I'm putting it out there. Okay, um,
0: how, on on this game, given so Pep's just basically said that De Bruyne is close to being fit but isn't fit and yeah. but definitely won't be involved against Burnley. Fernandinho, it sounds like it's 50-50, Says they're going to do a test. Bearing that in mind and given the fact that I don't think he's given an update on Gundogan but he did say after the game that he was after the United game that he was really struggling and might struggle to play against um, against Burnley bearing all that in mind if let's say if Gundogan is fit what would be your what would be your midfield free for this game? Uh,
1: what well, if is fit? No if, so
0: if Fernandinho's out but because I think that's probably more than likely but Gundogan given the fact we haven't heard anything, is available. I'd... The two silvers and
1: Gundogan further back, I think. But then I'm thinking, is he going to... Would you play Phil Foden in a game like this? Which you would love, obviously. But I think Gundogan and the two silvers.
0: And and what, with, but then again, with Sané on the wing?
1: St- Sterling, yeah. But, you know, I doubt this. See even as I say it I doubt it because I'm wondering if he'll start you know, Sarney will be back on the bench again, but yeah. I'm gonna stick with
0: that. I've got the team right for the derby, so I wanna uh, <laughs> just on, on the same subject before I come to Leon, what do you think Pep I think you want to stretch it, won't What do you what size? do you think Pep will do in terms of that those positions?
1: No, that's what I think he'll do. Oh that's yeah. what you think okay, fine. Just a feeling that yeah, he'll play the two silvers central. Yeah, look at that second half at Old Trafford,
0: and maybe stick with that. I think. Leon, same for you. What what, what would you do? And then I want to know what you think Pep will do if it's any different.
2: Oh, well, I never know what Pep's going to do with Sane. To be honest with you, every time I think he's going to start him, he doesn't, and when I think he won't, he will but I would, I'm, I'm going to go the same as Howard I'd put Gundo in there in the six and then the two silvers Raza on the right and Sane on the left and also I'd bring in John Stones for uh, a bit more composure on the ball uh, he might play Vinny again but two games in a week he probably won't but obviously they're slightly tougher and bigger um, but no I hope Pep does the same as Howard and I uh, yeah. suggest Ottomendi I, I think, think Ottomendi yeah color. Yeah, the physical aspect
1: is obviously key. So, again, yeah, I don't know Vinny's
2: But Otamendi on yeah, the right. Levels. I but I don't like Otamendi on the right. I prefer him on the left. So you're saying that bring Otamendi in and then Laporte and bring Otamendi on the right.
1: Well, yeah, he'd have to in a way, wouldn't he? So, mm. I just think you know, the physical aspect is obvious. You know, and he'll pick his central defence with that in mind. Uh, but I say we don't know Company Vinny's uh, physical state right now. Uh, so it's hard to say. But Otamendi is obviously a bit more physical than, say, John Stones. But
2: um, What about you, Lloyd?
0: I, I'd like to see Stones play, personally. Um, I do think we've switched it up a little bit too much this season in terms of horses for yeah. courses. I think Stones and Laporte are our best two centre backs. So I'd like to see Stones. But like Howard, I think it will be Otamendi. Um, Howard one for you because I think whilst this there's not this might not 100% be the case I think it's worth considering um, if say if Fernandinho isn't fit which given the fact he's 50-50 I'd, I would imagine City would err on that side of caution or at least he'd be on the bench and Gundogan can't play who would you play in that number 6 role if those two aren't fit just God uh, because Pep might be having to think about this right now. <sighs> I t- have <sighs> no idea.
1: I mean, I don't. You know, don't want to do some left field. Th- is this the time for left field by <laughs> sticking John Stones further forward or bringing Demichelis <laughs> or Delf? Yeah, I don't know what Fabian <laughs> Delf's uh, situation is at the moment. If he was fit, but again, he's not done it for so long. Uh, I don't have an answer to that. Leon, do you? It's, yeah, we're we're playing one of the two. is fit, to be honest. Uh,
2: no, I mean, if Delph's fit, then obviously I'd put him in there because he, you know, I think he's. It's been good enough when he's come back in there. I mean, I'm hope it's not going to happen, but Delf would be my option.
0: Well, correct. Just, either of you, correct me. Correct do, me if I'm like wrong. But didn't him. When Danilo came on, didn't he play? Centre mid against United. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But how long was that for? I don't think it was. I don't I mean, think it seen... was for that long. But I, that said to me, that that could happen this weekend if if. They're yeah, it's not a fit. bad
1: call to be honest. I mean, I really like him as a player. Yeah, that's uh, a, good chat, a, that. a good shot. That's I've I mean, seen, seen Cenk, you know, seen Cenk do half an hour now and, and do well. But he's not. You know, these are things that now is not the time really to be doing things like that. But yeah, Danilo's not a bad call to be honest. But, nice but, I'm just praying that Gundogan is fit. To be honest, has Pep actually mentioned him, or was it after the match that he mentioned it? Uh,
0: Gundogan? Is that yeah? Gundogan yeah, he said at fit. halftime he was really struggling after that Lingard tackle, and um, yeah. that he ideally would have come uh, he ideally would have come off. But given Fernandinho going off, they he felt he had enough to stay out. But Pep was worried about the, the Burnley game because he said that both, right. in both of his legs I think he was um, he was really sore hmm just needs to rest for
1: three days then
0: hopefully um, get him a massage get, oh yeah wonder, what did Pep say I think he said before after the game he said what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll see some hot water some cold water some massage some rest I was like that sounds yeah. nice I want a bit of that <laughs> <laughs> that's what a derby win gets you so yeah well but yeah. um, last, just last question on on this game before we hit hit to a score prediction. Um, left back, would we would we expect? I mean, I, I know that we obviously don't know what's going on with Mendy, but would we expect Zinchenko just to carry on? And how would it be? Would it be a concern for you if Mendy doesn't play in this game? Because that'll now be three in a row. In terms of in terms of you know moving forward with Mendy, or do you think? That they're just they're just going to be managing it and that if he doesn't play against Burnley it's, it doesn't matter long term for Mendy yeah I don't think it matters I mean Zinchenko came in and
1: you know did superbly on the whole against United uh, and I think people just be fine and not really look past the not see an issue there if he just stays in the team it just sees the sensible thing to do he's fit he's playing well he's made that position almost his own Uh you reassess after the season's over. Uh, but I'd definitely stick with him. and I'm, I'm more certain that he will be in the team if he's, yeah, if he's fit uh, for Sunday's game. Leon, what about for
0: you?
2: I think it all depends if Sane plays. Um, if Sane plays and Zinchenko will play. If Sane doesn't play, then I, I wouldn't be surprised. Mendy, Mendy just keeps appearing, doesn't he? Out of nowhere, he just turns up for a game. So, yeah, I think it all depends on Leroy.
0: Interesting, because I, I thought the Palace game was maybe one to not put that theory to bed, but be used as a... Actually, no, Pep is willing to play them both together. And I think in that game, they both individually played really well. Um, but no, I agree, I love that side, yeah. But I think, to, I mean, not being a, a total nerd, but I think it's often quite from the, uh, the the photos that the club released from training um, yeah. and they haven't been picturing Mendy now for about a week so, and I don't think he was on the bench against United and he definitely no, wasn't on the bench so. against Spurs so I mean using my very poor detective skills I would probably hazard a guess that something maybe has, has come up, something minor and we'll see at yeah. left back again yeah, I think definitely. so Cool Okay um, Before we wrap up Leon Given that you're so confident And we're going to win 6-0 Is there any point in me Coming to you For a prediction
2: <laughs> I know I know you're not liking me For that For my My confidence About these games um, 2-0 I'll go cautious Because you've sort of Persuaded me Out of my um, <laughs> My positivity So I, I think It will be a, a tight first half Like the Derby and we'll come away with a a 2-0 win.
0: Howard, how do you see it playing out?
1: <sighs>
0: 2-1. never Get over
1: the line. Single goal. Victory.
0: Do you think that'll be in contrast to what Leon says maybe we'll do what we've done in recent games get a couple of early goals and try and manage it? Or do you think it could be a bit more like United?
1: No, I think
0: something tells me
1: our goals will be in the second half. That, you know, it'll be no nil 0-0 half. It'll be a a tight, physical, nervy game until yeah, you know, but City, as they often do in these games, step it up in the second half. Is that
0: looking in your crystal ball? Then? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I much prefer that as well. By the way, I really can't bear City a couple of early goals and sitting on it. That's the worst City. That under yeah. Pep, under Pep. Yeah. I really don't like that City.
0: I think the the big problem with that for me is that it's a very it's very difficult to shift. The mentality and momentum that if you do that and then you concede and you concede nice. again I think it can be a lot more difficult to then change up and go oh shit we've got to actually know we need to go and score again and flipping yeah. out of that actually I think can be quite difficult so yeah um, even though it's potentially more nerve-wracking to have a game play out like it did against United um, it often crushes the opponent a lot more and, and you know it's it's much rarer I think that the teams come back from those kind of situations yeah I agree good okay well I will despite the fact that I have said I think it will be a difficult game I'll do what we always do as hosts on this podcast and completely contradict myself so I'll say <laughs> I, I think I think 3-1 um, but I've got a feeling I've got a feeling we'll concede the first goal yeah. um, oh god which obviously I hope doesn't happen but I've just got a bit of a feeling Cool, okay. Um, thank you, Leon, uh, for taking the time in, in terrible Marrakesh.
2: I'm off to get my suit on now for the wedding. So, uh, thank you for having me. Um, it's been great.
0: Lovely. Right, we'll speak soon. And Howard, thank you as always. Yeah, pleasure as always. And,
1: uh, Leon, pass on our congratulations to Idris. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's a secret wedding, Alex. Shush. Oh, sorry. Ah. Good, um, good thing the Daily goodbye.
1: Bar don't listen to this podcast <laughs> uh, that, could, that could
2: that could
1: that could be anyone. There's loads of people called that. That's true, that's true. That's true.
0: <laughs> good, good, all right, lads. Well um thanks for listening everyone. Um we'll be back with a review after the after the Burnley game. Uh, and then we've got a bit of a break, obviously, uh before the Leicester game, which is the following Monday. Thanks thanks to everyone for moving that game um, but yeah, we'll have a bit of a break so we'll be sure to come back with a, I know we've got a Transfer Talk uh, podcast um, with Sam and also um, we've got the Scout Report as well with Les um, which will be fed into the same podcast so look out for that um, but yeah, as always be safe, be well and up the blues